0: You are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you want to, our geeks and sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Maybe you're in traffic. Maybe you're walking the dog. Whatever it is, we're glad to have you, and we got you for ninety plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week, Brooklyn and Linode, and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games, and there are many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff canada that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend/slash co-host. Slash nemesis. The guy who treats every day like Mother's Day. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
1: Hello, Jeff. I have two two quickies up front here. One, as of right now, when we were recording this Sunday night, we have raised four thousand six hundred seventy-five dollars for St. Jude. Nice. That is incredible. Not not Uh, good
0: enough, right? Not we haven't hit the goal
1: yet. The goal is six K, and I'm gonna throw this out there. I said this when I was streaming last night, and I'm gonna throw it out there to our audience if we hit 6k before march 25th before that saturday march 25th i will stream i will go by and stream sekiro shadows die twice that whole stream that whole stream
0: you will uh you will complete that game is that what you're pledging
1: (laughs) i I will maybe eliminate one enemy um
0: (laughs) you will Throw yourself down at the altar of uh, From Software. And, I
1: hear, and- I hear our listeners saying we need to play it. What a great way for me to, you know, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Hit that six K before the 25th, and that is my promise to you. Also, that's number one announcement. Number one announcement. Number two. <clears throat> The Warriors are the very best basketball team in the entire world. Their prowess, even without Kevin Durant, makes the Rockets look like the weenie wussy losers they are. Boo hoo, boo hoo. I'm so uh Jeff, I'm so excited to buy you lunch and watch you eat fifteen impossible burgers. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, May twenty fifth. May twenty fifth. May twenty fifth, not March, kooky Bird the, Chat, Yes. This the Saturday on the twenty fifth of this month. Yes.
0: The uh the your total got a hundred dollars uh higher. Because of you, because your team (laughs) couldn't even beat the Warriors without Kevin Durant. So uh, our little wager, our favorite teams met in the NBA playoffs and uh, the better team won. The superior team, even without one of its superstars, because there's strength in numbers. So, uh, you know, we just wanted to catch people up in case you weren't paying attention to the NBA finals. Uh, Christian's team uh, out, going home, going fishing jeff's team continuing on possibly 3 let so find out
1: at spartan 901 tweeted this to my lamenting tweet on twitter and this is pretty great what will the warriors do without kd they're only left with the team that won a championship yeah, was baby. one game away from back-to-back championships yeah, a baby. back-to-back mvp and first ever unanimous mvp yeah, the baby. team that set the record for most wins in the season oh keep going, baby and clay check his yeah. resume so even ah. without kd they're They're pretty good.
0: (laughs) Pretty, pretty good. And to all the people that say, uh, hey, Jeff, uh, you just see you jumping on that bandwagon of the Warriors. Lifelong Warriors fan. Uh, People are like, well, well, I never heard you talk about them when they were terrible. Yeah, you don't just bring up a terrible team in conversation. You're not just like, hey, how about that team that that I've been rooting for since I was a kid that just continues to suck? Hey, who wants to talk about them? No, you talk about them when they're great. And uh, I, I went through a lot of terrible years as a Warriors fan. Uh, but now I'm, I'm happy to soak in their victories. Anyway, this is not a sports podcast, although I, it or could a make be.
1: Christian play Sekiro podcast, but I will,
0: but he will. Um, and kudos to you to, to, raising all that money with six grand. We can do it. We can do it. And, uh, I, I pledged some, even though I didn't have to, because my team won and defended my honor. <laughs> I still got in there and pledged. Um, I hope you guys do it as well. Christian, tell them, the, tell them how they can easily find that URL.
1: Yeah. So my website, christianspicer.com, it's right there at the top. Click on it. All goes to St. Jude. Uh, Do it up. Yeah.
0: And that's to help kids with cancer. I mean, there is no more honorable cause, in my opinion. Uh, So. Get it, get in there. All right, let's. Uh, we got we got a big show. We got a show about video games, and we got a show about tabletop games. I hope we can talk some tabletop. We have an awesome guest to do that with. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Canada and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for DMing, live streaming, and calculus. Because from math looks good, Rivals of Waterdeep, and the Spawn on Me podcast, our friend. Mr. Sharif Jackson is back with us. Hey, Sharif. Hey,
2: what is up? What is up? And just so you know, I am the guy that brings up my 20-year losing New York Knicks in casual <laughs> conversation uh, because that's what I do. So it is funny it's, how Knicks you know?
0: fans, yeah, they tend to they tend to lament loudly for all to hear.
2: Yeah. Yep. You know, hope, hope, maybe we'll get Zion. We'll see. But yeah, maybe uh, maybe it's get been KD. a tough 20 Who years. Knows?
0: You know. Yeah, it's been rough. Uh, but man, what a what a good final uh, uh, playoffs already. This has been such a fun, exciting. <laughs> oh yeah, your camp.
1: team does suck, but these playoffs this year have <laughs> <happened> been great. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's, it's been a great playoffs for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk video games and get in the show and start the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the. Story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Cool folks hanging out there. uh, Lots of fun threads. So I encourage you to give it a look. But Sharif, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your Story of the Week?
2: Sure. Um, So this is definitely a personal pick. Probably not the biggest story, but was the one thing I was the most excited about. Um, So Sony had their uh, State of Play, um, I guess slash Nintendo Direct, Sony Direct, or yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, And obviously, the big news from it was the Final Fantasy was 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 footage of the Final Final Fantasy Seven remake. But what got me super excited was they announced a Predator game, Predator Hunting Grounds. And not only that, but they announced that Ilphonic, who made one of my favorite uh, games of the last couple of years, Friday the 13th, are going to be at the helm of this. Yeah, um, Or that 80s nostalgia from Ilphonic. Yeah, I mean, I'm really digging this because Friday the, the 13th, no matter what, what you you know feel about it, it's like almost objectively a passionate love letter to the franchise. Like you can tell that they had people that were diehard fans. Um, and they included a lot of cool Easter eggs and like the feel was like a great, so I'm, so I'm really hoping that they also get some like uh similar diehard predator fans on there. Um, including fans of like predator two <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, those as well. I'm really looking forward to this. I really love the asymmetric, um, play. I'd, I loved it, even with games that failed, like Evolve. Um, I really think it's a under underserved um, gaming type, um, and be, because Elfonik knocked it out to park with Friday the thirteenth, really, really looking forward to see what they do with the Predator.
0: Yeah, it seemed like that was going to be the next big thing in genres. It felt like there was a big flurry of activity around the time when Evolve came out, and uh, it just didn't really catch on the way I th- think, well, at least the way I expected it to. But, yeah, Friday the thirteenth was a, a pretty solid success, and it sounds like now Ilphonic is getting some of that Sony support. um and and i would I would expect that this game will be more polished than Friday the thirteenth was at launch. I mean, Friday the thirteenth notorious for kind of goofy bugs and weird glitches that were uh, prevalent when it launched. I would suspect this was announced at the during the state of play. Um, stream as being from Sony Worldwide Studios. Ooh, so,
1: whoa, one more time from Sony Worldwide Studios. <laughs> Damn, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Although I don't think it even sounded that way. I think it was I think it was a female, uh, but anyway, um, I'm not doing it justice. Anyway, uh, it was it was couched that way, so I think they probably have some money from Sony, some support. You know, I, I think this is probably going to be a more robust offering than even Friday the 13th was and you know, Friday the 13th was ran into weird trademark problems and you know, so this feels like, you know, Sony interactive entertainment and 20th century Fox are coming together. This is like legit. It feels like they're finally Ilphonic is kind of getting a chance to really step up to the plate with the full backing of everything and not having to, you know, fight an uphill battle like they did with Friday the 13th.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much a guarantee that like they're going to have the exact assets, the sounds, the uh, visuals, you know, um, all that stuff to really immerse you in the experience. So like, I think from a production level, I think that they definitely have the like advantage through the, uh, the, the uh, partnerships, you know, Um, so, so I really hope that it delivers on the gameplay as well.
1: Yeah. Like that song uh, so, they can do like one, two predators coming for you. I think
0: you got the wrong, I think you got the wrong eighties. Oh yeah. Wait, <laughs> <Ch-ch-ch-ch>. <laughs> <laughs> still wrong. Still, still wrong. Oh, uh, so this isn't coming. Da-na, da-na,
1: da-na, predator. <laughs> now you got it. That was yeah. the right one.
0: Uh, <laughs> this isn't coming till 2020. So this isn't a 2019 game, uh, but it will, They they only listed as coming to PlayStation four. So since it says Sony worldwide studios, I imagine it will be an exclusive, which is interesting. Uh, Christian, as Sharif mentioned, asymmetrical. Uh one team is a bunch of uh muscle bound dudes with guns, the other team predator, single person playing predator. So you get uh you get you know a team of with cool firepower and gadgets, one assumes, and then predators got the plasma caster, and I would guess camouflage and invisibility and all the all the predator stuff what do you think of that, about this Are you gonna get excited about this do you want to play as predator do you think it will be fun enough to play as not predator
1: what do you think i think it all comes down to balance and that's the hardest part with these asymmetrical games in my opinion i love predator i like predator was it in ghost recon wildlands had a predator event? Yeah,
0: that was for like a month or a week or something right
1: yeah and i thought that was really well done it was fun um yeah, it really comes down to balance and how fun it feels to be on either side. Um, because if not, then you have a game that no one wants to play a big half of it, right? um And I think, I hope it's more polished than Friday the 13th. But I, I also think the other side of that coin is what, in my opinion, made Friday the 13th so endearing and such a streamable game was its lack of polish in places, the ragdoll physics. Um, the silly gruesome faces when people were murdered, um, uh, Jason, just the, the, and I think they sped it up at some point, but like the ridiculously slow, slow walk. So if you weren't teleporting, you had streams of people just like walking, crouching. Jason's just like, uh, uh, like slowly coming. So I'm curious what, you know, what a polished version of this looks like that succeeds because Friday the 13th seemed like it could have, but for, um, a few bugs, uh, matchmaking issues, and then licensing issues. But then the most polished version, in, in my opinion, that I'm aware of of this asymmetrical gameplay is Evolve. And, and that game didn't have legs, I think, because the the fun factor wasn't there on both sides. So I, I hope Predator can nail it, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, I should say.
0: Yeah, it seems like, as with Friday the 13th, the IP does a lot of the heavy lifting on the fun factor. You know, it's like, it's just fun living that, fantasy of being the predator or fighting the predator and knowing what you know with evolve it's like well i have to learn what the monsters do and how they behave and what's i don't know i don't know how much that stood in the way of evolve's success or not but Mm -hmm. i think this this does bridge that gap a little more it's like i know what the predator does i know what to expect playing on that nostalgia can work did they Um, announce
1: i think like an arnold or carl like did they announce skins for the soldiers i think that would go a long way to making me want to be Oh, dude. That muscle-bound dude, if it's someone that i chomping on a cigar that I know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I,
0: I would hope uh, – they haven't said anything specific yet, but I hope that that's all in the works. I'm sure that's not easy to lock down, but yeah. Even um, – what's his lethal weapon guy from Predator 2? What's his name? Um, Donald, Danny Glover. Danny Glover, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing that's interesting about this, reading between the lines, is I think this is the first official – 2020 released PlayStation four game. Does that mean we're not getting PlayStation five before this? Oh, interesting. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's early 2020. They didn't really, they said it will launch in 2020, but it's like 2020 seems like when PlayStation five is going to be here. Is this, I don't know. Interesting.
2: Well, we can I mean, launch on both. You know,
0: true, true. I'm sure there'll be a lot of that crossover. stuff. A lot. There definitely yeah. will be. All right, Christian Spicer. What is your story of the week?
1: Well, it also has a, a up in, a famous, but not quite Arnold famous actor in it. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was announced. It was first announced by the Ubisoft store. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Here's the collector's edition uh, for the game we haven't announced. Oh, crap. Uh, then we got the full reveal and, and gameplay footage. And it is the not a direct, uh, I kind of a direct sequel to Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands. And borrowing off of, I think, smartly a limited event, which Wildlands has done a lot of with Predator and then Splinter Cell. And then um, how do you say his last name? Uh, John Barthol? Uh, Punisher? Think, yeah, I'm not sure. Walking Dead Punisher actor. He's a fantastic actor, and I like the roles he's been. Uh, he played a role in that limited Wildlands event, and now he's the big bad of Ghost Recon Breakpoint, kind of a a ghost who's gone rogue. And it looks like it's leaning into a lot of what made wildlands work. It's smartly avoiding some of the problems of wildlands, cough, cough, setting it in a real country, uh, and then saying a lot of not nice things about that country or all of yeah, the people in it.
0: Murdering everyone who lives there, basically. Yep. yep.
1: Yeah. This is in a fictitious country that is run by like a Silicon Valley tech overlord, um, power hungry person. And then protected by ghosts. And then now there looks like the new feature they're adding to this is they're leaning into a little Metal Gear Solid three um, survival stuff, where you need to drink water, eat food, rest, and that will impact how you play and move through the world. And I think if done right, that adds a really cool element to the the Ghost Recon Wildlands now uh, breakpoint formula. Uh, I think the key for me will be how realistic is it? Is it or is it more like red dead redemption 2 where it's like yeah i gotta pet my horse but if i don't i'm okay <laughs> you know like well this will this go to crap because as you three we're all playing together and i'm like sure are you flank and you're drinking water because you're dehydrated <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what happens there but it looked it looked beautiful i think it looked really really beautiful
0: yeah i mean we didn't get a ton of gameplay footage i don't think we got any gameplay footage oh we we're did just-
1: we did but not the reveal but they did like there's like 20 minutes or whatever of like people playing.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that.
1: Yeah, Uh, check it out. out.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I mean, Ubisoft is putting a lot of resources and I think uh, Wildlands overperformed even what they expected. It, It really became a big hit for them. And this, they keep saying, is a direct result of feedback that they solicited from you know, the, all the wildlands players of what they wanted more of. They want more story. They want more choices. They want, uh, you know, they want branching dialogue options. Uh, they want vehicles, stuff like that and all going to be in the game. So, uh, it looks interesting for me personally, this isn't the series for me. I, I didn't really play wildlands. I'm not super even drawn to the like hyper military stuff, uh, that this game is selling, but Even so hearing about all that survival stuff, boy, it doesn't sound fun at all. None of that sounds fun. I mean, I guess players that really like the realism of the Tom Clancy brand and the ghost recon in particular, uh, maybe be drawn to that because it feels like, yeah, I really have to survive in the jungle or the mountaintop or wherever I am. Um, and if I get injured and I have to take care of myself and all that stuff, maybe that is cool. Boy, it just does not sound interesting or fun to me at all to be worried about drinking and eating in a in a shooter like this. But Sharif, I'm curious what what your feeling is.
2: Yeah, you know, normally I would share that opinion, um, but I can say after playing the survival mode in the division, mm. and really, really enjoying it um, way more than I ever thought I would because I'm usually not into that like hyper realistic thing either. But I think if done right, if it's sort of like you know, like kind of like. Sh- like shorter like length of, of like a time and like bursts i i think it can work work uh, well yeah. um i think if that's like the whole game and you're playing these really long things that wouldn't be my thing um but i think that's some of the survival stuff you know it, it like actually you know it like makes you think of um of that division mode it makes you think of games like don't starve which i also yeah. like, l- like enjoyed a lot so i think i have done well I think it's good. Um, Wildlands, to me, I mean, I, I had fun with it, but kind of wasn't really that memorable to me. Yeah. You know, it was like one of those games where, wow, they really did, they really did a beautiful job with the visuals, but every, everything else was kind of completely just like, just like, just mashed into each other. I felt like, um, mm. so I'm hoping that like this game has like more of an identity and like more, more of a personality and a character to it. Yeah, um, But, you know, Ubi, I think they've been really pumping out some quality titles as of late. So, yes, um, and I know that that Ghost Recon team, you know, they're kind of itching um, to like, uh, to, to like really get a, a new one out because I feel like Wildlands wasn't really, I don't feel like it was critically... As acclaimed as financially, like successful it was, mm-hmm. um, so I think that they're looking for like uh, you know b- b- both the critical and the financial like success. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this one turns out.
0: Yeah, they're talking about it as a game that they're going to support over multiple years. It's going to have tons of uh, post release content. Um, it's got some, you know, it's, clearly they are continuing to emphasize the co op element, four player co op. Uh, that was so popular in Wildlands as well. Um, they have some other new features where they are allowing you to spawn into missions at a time of day of your choice. So you can choose to go in during bright daylight, but there'll probably be more enemies to deal with in bright daylight or you can wait till nighttime or you can wait till it's like, you know, raining or storming out and then there'll be even fewer enemies to deal with. But then it's diff- more difficult for you as well cool stuff really cool ideas they haven't really talked too much about pvp or other elements of it um but i'm sure we'll get a lot of that come e3 which is right around the corner
1: yeah i love that this was a may reveal october release like i feel like yubi has learned you know whether it's a direct result of like the joke of (laughs) they show a game at e3 and then five E3s from then we play it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But this shortening of of kind of the release, uh, announcement and release is really cool. So I think we'll get a bunch of information at E3. It'll probably be very playable. And then coming out very soon after that, I think is really exciting.
0: Yeah, it feels like Ubi is the company that you most want to have learned that lesson and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Compress those uh, announcement (laughs) to release windows, man. Come on. So as you mentioned, October 4th is the release of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, so we'll, we'll be getting lots more come E3, which guys is so close. I feel like maybe we need to hear this
1: China, 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 China.
0: first time the hype train has come out of the tunnel in 2019. I feel like maybe it could have been earlier. Some people criticizing us for not doing this earlier, Christian, cause it's getting close. But uh, the hype train is a rolling. We are rolling. It's it's a little bit of a weird E3 this year, but it's yeah, still I think the, the hype train was
1: rolling a little rambling, and like conferences kept getting knocked off of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still think there's going to be a lot
0: to be excited about for sure. Um, my story of the week is another. Uh, Sharif mentioned it during uh, when we were talking about uh, Sony's state of play. I think the big news out of the state of play, although there were actually a number of really interesting looking smaller games in the state of play as well, but. Um, The big news, the thing that closed their state of play was the big showing, finally, of Final Fantasy VII Remake footage. They showed a trailer, which, uh, you know, actually showed some gameplay of how it's going to look. And it seems like, although the game was announced way back at E3 2015, (laughs) four years ago, Uh, And it is, I guess it's been completely rebooted once in that time. It was the entire switchover of creative teams and developers inside of Square Enix. It sounds like it's actually going to happen this year. It's actually going to come out this year, although we don't, there was no actual release date, but it does seem like it's going to be a 2019 release. And um, it looks real pretty it looks like they have completely revamped the engine as they said they would and made the game much more um, real time combat, much more kinetic and crazy. It doesn't look anything like, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these games, Christian, you and I always talk about how uh, it looks like our memory of it. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the case with final fantasy VII remake. It does not look like my memory of final fantasy seven. It looks like a completely new game. And that's pretty exciting. I think um, Sharif, what did you, what did you think of this? First of all, are you a fan of Final Fantasy Seven and secondly are you been looking forward to this finally arriving?
2: Yeah, so I have a confession that I shared on Twitter and got lambasted for um I have never played a three d Final Fantasy game really yeah. well,
0: so that you've played tactics is what you're saying
2: well I mean I mean <laughs> I have or played the Super five. Nintendo Final Fantasy oh, so oh like, interesting so, so like uh Final Final Fantasy two, you know, which is like four in Japan and Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo were my Final Fantasy. And I played them a lot, um, yeah. a lot. But that didn't um,
0: make you want to continue with the series l- later on?
2: Well, I think the reason why I didn't continue is because I didn't um, I, I didn't move over to the PlayStation side when they got the uh, license. Uh, um, and then I kind of just, you know, I kind of went into PC gaming and I like, kind of lost track of them. Didn't come, um, It didn't come out on your GameCube, so you're like, ah, I don't need it. Now the weird thing is I own a lot of them on Steam, like almost all the ones that came to PC, I own them. Yeah. Just never cracked cracked them open. Um so I'm actually kind of excited to have possibly my first experience of Final Fantasy 7 via yeah. this remake um, because I think if I went back to the original one it might be a little rough on Definitely. the visuals. <laughs> yes. Um I also know that um they ported Final Fantasy 10 and 12 to the Switch. Um, so, you know, so I could possibly check those out because I do have a lot of travel c- coming up. So that might be something I dig into during my flights. And do you
0: hopefully. have like 120 hours of travel?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm flying around the world. Jeff, oh, nice. around the world. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But- so, so I, I am excited for it. I don't have the nostalgia bit for it, but I do, I've heard so much about it that I respect um, you know, that, that people's who's, who's, who, whose opinions I really care about that they hold this game up high. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it for sure. I'm
0: really curious how people like yourself are going to react. I'm curious how I'm going to react to it. I, I, I played seven so long ago. I didn't ever replay it. It wasn't one of those big touchstone moments for me, uh, like it was for other people. I played it and it was cool at the time, but I feel like it was very much was a game of its time. And it was it was, groundbreaking for its time but i i'm curious as to if it'll still feel that way maybe they've updated it enough and done some new things with it but you know you have those big story moments that stick out in your head from it because nobody was ever really doing stuff like that in games at that time but now story in games has progressed so far and things are so much more sophisticated that i don't know if it's still going to feel so impactful maybe it will but, um, I feel like it was, it was amazing at, at its time because of its time, because there wasn't a lot of games as ambitious as it, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to react to it. I hope it's, I hope this version is great. It looks pretty cool. Christian, what was your take on the trailer?
1: Yeah, I think it looks really beautiful. I, I'm curious. What I don't know is who it's for. Um, cause I think fans of the original, do they want this big of a change? I don't know. I I certainly enjoy the original. you can play
0: the original in many, many ways right now. Right. I mean, if you want to do that.
1: Right. And there are pretty good versions, you know, re-releases of the original that aren't this drastically changed. Um, And for new players, people that haven't experienced it because this game is very old, is it so memed by now? Or like you said, so many games have learned from it and done these big story beats um, equally as well or better. Um, Will it still have the same impact that that seven did all these years ago? I don't know as someone who's played a lot of final fantasy fantasies, but never, you know, that, that been their franchise of choice kind of thing. I'm curious what, um, what seven is really remembered for is I think it's just those plot beats and I I don't think there are a lot of seven mechanics, um, you know, people that are, you know, live or die over Seven's fight system over something like... Well, it sounds like, like, oh,
0: that's changing for this. I know, like and that's what I, gonna yeah. that's what I was going to say. I was going say, it seems
1: like even that's changing, so it's not as if people are going to be up in arms about that, because that's not what they loved, per se. Um, it's interesting, and I'm curious, too, it's still episodic, right? Which, I don't know. I, I think it looks beautiful. Uh, I hope it's fantastic, but I'm not sure who this is for, the way well, they're making it.
0: It works for Resident Evil 2, Right. I mean, we just saw that at the beginning of this year. How that was a huge hit for Capcom, and I think you could have leveled the same question to well, that game. Like, who who are you for?
2: Well, I mean, to to be fair though, they changed like the entire perspective, and you know, they basically made it RE4 right with two. So
0: but that sounds like what they're doing here too. I mean, they're they're completely changing the combat system and how you interact with this with Final Fantasy 7. So yeah, I, I think it could be the same kind of.
1: I think I can, I personally can answer the RE2 question, but that's just, it's easy for me to be like, oh, well it's this, but yes, I, I understand that broadly speaking, the same criticisms over these large changes could be levied against both. And maybe you're right. Maybe this version of seven will be a huge hit the way RE2, which is still, I think it's still hanging on to my top five favorite games of the year because it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll find out more. I think um th- weirdly, you know, we got Sony is saying, we're not going to have any E3 press conference. We're not going to have any E3 announcements. But uh, the game director of Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, said that there will be more information about this game in June. So that seems like E3 time. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we'll actually, we'll get sort of what Nintendo is doing, uh, which is, you know, doing a direct uh during e3 as what they've done the several years now is like not actually having a press conference but doing one of these directs maybe sony will be like oh we happen to schedule a state of play on june 11th weird right super weird (laughs) like what are you guys doing during june 11th because we're doing this um speaking of which i can't have sharif here without talking a little nintendo especially because nintendo is specifically uh you know i'm glad we we played that hype train bumper because this is some serious (laughs) hype train uh, Nintendo announced their E3 plans, which is, yes, a Nintendo Direct. Surprising nobody. It'll be on June 11th, 9 a.m., um, uh, noon Eastern. And the interesting part, though, is that it will, quote, focus entirely on software and offer a look at games scheduled to launch in 2019. So this is specifically games that are coming out this year
2: mm-hmm.
0: and specifically software because we talked – on this show several weeks ago, about a pretty substantial rumor that there's going to be not one but two new SKUs for the Switch that will be launching, I think this year was the rumor. Uh, so Nintendo not talking about any hardware stuff, not talking about new uh, Switch SKUs, but talking about games. And Sharif, I'm very curious what you think of that, and what you think, uh, or what you expect and hope to see them talk about as far as games. We have a whole list of stuff we know is coming out this year, so. What what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping for from Nintendo?
2: Well, I mean, I guess my first thought is I don't think it's really a big deal that they're not focusing on hardware because Nintendo doesn't, like, save all their stuff for E3, like, anymore. Like, they have directs sprinkled all through the year. They could, like, it's completely within the realm of possibility for them to have another Direct a month from now that's introducing a new Switch, Yeah, you know? So like, I don't think that even. that really... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so like I don't think that that really means that that's still not dropping in 2019. I think that those rumors have some merit to it to, to it um because they like to refresh their uh, hardware. Yeah. Um I do like that it is focusing on 2019. The only thing I do not like is that probably means that they will not be talking Metroid Prime. Um mm, right. Unless they drop that in 2019, oh. which I really doubt. Um, but that's a game, you know, they teased that, you know, two years ago, basically. Yeah. And I feel like to not even touch on it is a bit of a downer. Um, so I wish that they had maybe it, you, you know, do I wish they did like they had with like breath of the wild where like they would, they would at least show, you know, link running through a field or like, right. it's yeah. just like some things like that. I mean, that would, that would make the diehards go nuts for sure. sure. Um, yeah. because you know, we don't know anything mm-hmm. ab- about that game. Um, I do like their like a lineup. I especially, I mean obviously Super Mario Maker, um I know not many people had Wii U, so introducing like a Mario Maker to like a larger audience I think is terrific um animal crossing of course you know um yeah it seems um, like that'll would, be a
0: big emphasis animal crossing
2: oh yeah that'll that'll be huge um as especially since like the like you know the online component of the switch is a lot better than they've ever had even though it still has a long way to go um Lu- luigi's mansion 3 i think is a interesting one because i really enjoyed the luigi's mansion that they had on the ds i forgot the name of it um but i thought that like that was actually a pretty good game um and i think that like luigi's mansion is a pretty underrated i mean i don't know can you call it a franchise really i mean i guess there's three of them (laughs) yeah yeah but it's three of them over like you know what 15 years i guess (laughs) yeah yeah um i guess it's it's a a franchise but yeah i'm i'm excited for that obviously they had that huge news of uh of like Link's awakening coming to the uh, switch um, which I'm super excited about and I literally have not played that since it's been on the Game boy so I haven't played it since probably 1991 probably yeah. um, so I'm definitely um good about uh j- j- jumping into that but I think one of the greatest things about the switch and what gets me excited is that I feel like I play way more of the random indies and like surprise drops than I do like the large kind of like tentpole kind of titles that like they are going to like a feature here. So like this stuff gets me excited, but I'm even more excited for, you know, like, uh you know, like I've been playing like, you know, box boy, you know, like yeah. I'm more excited for like uh, those uh, games. So I think that like Nintendo is finally at a point where they actually have, I think enough software to satisfy, even if a switch is your only console and that's all you play. I think they actually have enough software to, like, satisfy that, which, you know, you would have never thought of because the last, I don't know, two or three generations of Nintendo consoles, that's always been the uh, rub. So I think that they're, again, showing that, you know, they are really bringing it w- with the software. And I'm r- really, really excited about it.
0: I think it's a great point. Yeah, for sure. Um, Christian, you know, the last, what, two or three E3s, Nintendo has basically... Put all their chips on one game and and focus the entire thing around this one big game. You know whether it was Breath of the Wild or uh, Mario Odyssey or um, uh, uh, Smash Brothers last year. It doesn't seem like they're doing that this year. It feels like there's going to be more more diverse and um, a broader swath of games that they'll be focusing on, unless there's some surprise. I mean, one of the things Sharif didn't mention is there's Pokemon's. There's Pokemon's coming. Yes. Uh, uh, So Christian, what do you think? You think it's, it's better to have this, this, you know, broader grouping of games or was it cool when they were like, here is our tentpole game and the one that we are rotating the entire holiday season of the year around.
1: Yeah, I don't know if one is better or not. I think I don't know if it's, it was just a strategic choice by Nintendo anytime. I think it was kind of this is the <laughs> this is the game we have. Um and I guess it 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 would be Pokemon if it was going to be any of them and that certainly is is large enough to do it. Um but I think they have so many other games that they want to give attention to as years pass they really did just have that one game that they wanted to give all the attention to. So it made sense. I think people would be a little disappointed if it was just, you know, only a Pokemon arena and Mario Maker 2 didn't get really any attention or um, even Link's Awakening didn't get any attention. There are a lot of really, really, um, sorry, there are a lot of brands that Nintendo sells coming out this year that fans are very passionate about that I think if Nintendo didn't give them time at, at e3 in some form or fashion i think it would leave a lot of people feeling disappointed so I, it makes sense to me why they're doing it this way because i think you could pull 10 nintendo fans into a room and say what do you like more pokemon animal Cross, animal crossing or fire emblem and i think you would get a pretty good split maybe fire emblem the least but fire emblem fans are probably mad at me just for saying that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. And and, you know, as Sharif mentioned, uh, Link's Awakening is in there. We've got a uh, Dragon Cl- Quest 11 S. Uh, we've got uh, what else is in here? Marvel uh, Ultimate Mar- Alliance. That's what yeah. I, Game yeah. Informer
1: had footage recently last week. It looks it looks like Ultimate Alliance, which has me very excited.
0: Yeah, it's a strong lineup for 2019 for the Switch uh, of what looks to be exclusives. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy and really cool. Yeah. So it'll be a, I think it'll be a strong year for Nintendo, especially with Sony sitting out almost you know, entirely. I think it'll be a time for them to really get a lot of uh, eyeballs on what they're showing. So cool stuff. All right, let's talk about some of the games that we have been playing. But first, I want to tell you about my sheets. Um oh, man, I love I love my Brooklyn and Sheets. I have been using Brooklyn and Sheets Wow, probably over a year now, maybe longer. Christian, I don't even know. It's been a long time. Uh, But I'm I love them. We have two sets now so we can rotate. So I'm never not on my Brook linens. And since you spend a third of your life in your sheets sleeping, maybe you should upgrade your bedding as well. Maybe you should get into that luxury feel. I spent far too long of my life on scratchy sheets because I didn't know that there was anything better. I didn't know that there I could upgrade my sheets i was just like i'll buy whatever's at the dumb store i go to uh but brooklyn in cuts out the dumb store and sells directly to you which means they can create five star hotel quality sheets but more affordable and easy to order uh, because luxury sheets are usually marked up a lot but i mean as much as 300 percent they say these ones they don't have to because they sell directly to you it's pretty awesome and I, you don't have to take my word for it. Although I literally sleep on Brooklyn and sheets every night. I love them. Uh, but there are over 35,000 five-star reviews, which is more than any other online betting company. Um, they have rave reviews from Business Insider, Apartment Therapy, Men's Health, half a million happy sleepers and counting. It's pretty cool. And Brooklyn and is the fastest growing betting brand in the world. Pretty awesome. They are the best, most comfortable sheets I have ever slept on. So it's time for your upgrade, and brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. And brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime guarantee. But the only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping – is to use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code DLC. Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. Time to talk about the games that we have been playing and Sharif, uh,
2: you have been playing some of that Mortal Kombat 11, right? Yeah, 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 I've been digging into Mortal Kombat 11. Um, after Mortal Kombat 9 left me a little sour. Um, Mortal Kombat 10 brought me way back in to that franchise. Um, I, you know, I've been a, a NetherRealm f- you know fan. I've definitely loved the injustice games. Um, I thought Mortal Kombat, if I was like, man, what more can they do? to really make this game, this franchise that I've been playing, you know, for so long um, interesting. And what they really did in 10 surprisingly was make a decent story with some kind of memorable kind of characters in it. Yeah. Um, and sure, you know, it's like a, you know, 80s sci-fi beat up story. I mean, it's not, it's not like Citizen Kane, but it's super fun to see all these people go at each other from different timelines. Um, I think they do a g- great job with it. Um, I know that there's been some stories about like how the, you know, some of the, um, rewards aren't as rewarding from some of the towers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but because I'm not like a hardcore player of it, not really something I notice to, to, to be honest. I just jump on for like a a few matches and, and, and I jump off. Always find it fun. Probably has the best tutorial of a fighting game maybe I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they really get into like, the timing of button presses for combos um and and, and uh, all, all the all, all the data on frames and like all that stuff i mean it really gets deep but not overwhelming which is a hard balance yeah. um so like i feel like it's like welcoming even to like a new people to the uh to the uh, genre Um, That is something that is is,
0: nobody has ever done well. And it's been so many years of fighting games just kind of ignoring that. And it's really a shame. And I'm so glad that NetherRealm made that a priority. One of the things that stuck out to me, I mentioned it before, but it bears repeating, is uh, just the mere fact that you can go and look in the moves list and then select some moves and put them on the main screen to be displayed on the screen for you when you're playing how to do those moves instead of having to uh, for so many years of my life, I would use the move list, go in, in a various fighting games, go into the move list, look at the move I wanted to do and go, okay, it's it's down, right. Then down left. And then B A. Okay. 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 Down, right. Down, left. B right. Down, right. Down, left, right. And it, it's so ridiculous that I have to think about, remember it. Why not just display it on the screen and let me use it as often as I want until I get it down in my bones. That's what they did. Just that simple thing, I feel like, is such, it removes so much friction from learning the game, learning the moves of, of specific characters. It's just going to display it on the screen for you if you want it to. Um, so just smart little changes like that. I applaud them rethinking uh, about, you know, it's great
2: yeah 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 i mean if it feels really good you know um i i hi- highly recommend it if you're a fighting game fan and if you're not i would suggest to you know maybe watch some streams or like ask a friend because i think even then like if you're not a fighting game fan it might be a lot to ask to drop 60 bucks on a game like this um but i would at least kind of like ch- kind of ch- check it out because i th- i think it's a it's a worthwhile um entry into the series for sure yeah Uh, They're just knocking it out of the park there
0: over and over. It's pretty amazing. I mean, lots of weird, uh, you know, news about working conditions and stuff, which, you know, you can't ignore. But but the games have been excellent, that's for sure. Um, Yeah. What
2: else
0: else have you been playing?
2: Uh, So I've also been playing this quirky little puzzler called Baba Is You. I love it so much. Um, It is a game that I heard – A lot about on the uh split screen uh podcast and i was kind of curious about it um and i'm very lucky that i did not have the concept of this game spoiled for me (laughs) because it truly is a game i feel like if you go in knowing nothing about it it will blow your like every every level blows my mind yeah blows my
0: mind and then makes my mind hurt a little bit
2: (laughs) yeah but it's it's it kind of takes the enjoyment that I get from solving a puzzle in, say a game like the legend of Zelda and just turns that up a thousand. Yeah. Because when I'm like, Oh wait, I can move that thing. I mean, it is, it is amazing. It is a very well done and it's, it's hard to find. I feel like an entirely new idea for a puzzler. And I don't know if this is the first time it's ever been done, but it's definitely the first time I've ever seen um a, a puzzler done in the way that like this is so yeah i would um i've been playing on the switch i'm pretty sure it's available on some other platforms i haven't really checked um but it's phenomenal yeah it is i agree phenomenal.
0: it's it's on my short list for games of the year and i haven't even i haven't even done there's so many levels i haven't even done but i lo- i love it so much and you're right it is it feels like magic and I was equating it to the experience of playing portal for the first time where yes. you're like, Oh, my mind just broke through a barrier that it had like, like, Oh, we, I can think about games like this now. What? And I, now I feel like a genius because I, I thought of this thing, even though the designers clearly wanted me to. Yeah. It's uh it's an extraordinary game. Very simple. If you looked at screenshots, you'd be like, what, why are they going crazy about that? But trust me trust us trust sharif it is very much worth the i think it's only what less than 20 bucks right
2: yeah yeah yes it's it's not a lot at all and it, it 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 i don't think the portal comparison is exaggerated at all like i definitely have those kind of thoughts like i've never played a game like this like before but it makes so much sense that it is a game
0: Right, it's like it's so obvious. Why didn't anybody think of this before? You know, like kind of that, that kind of thing. Uh, again, the game we're talking about is Baba is You, uh, which is also a, a a title that you might not grab you right away, but once you play it for four seconds, you'll understand why it's called that. And uh, yeah, it is. It is an extraordinary game. It's a very special game and one that everybody should try. It's quite something.
2: For sure. For sure. Um, I've also been uh, d- digging, digging into some older games I've been playing, um, so they released the Phoenix Wright trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a huge fan of Phoenix Wright. Um, um, th- the uh, funny thing is I bought it to play the two Phoenix Wright games that I have not played. And all I've been playing is the first game that I've already played.
0: <laughs> is that a game? I mean, I guess you just don't remember it, right? Because it's it's a game that I guess if if you replayed, you would be able to breeze right through it theoretically, right?
2: I, I mean, I remember the general arc of the story. But, right. but, but, but like, yeah, I don't remember exactly what piece of evidence you need for this. Right. But right. it is just I have such fond memories of playing the first Phoenix Wright on the DS um and i just love that game so much that i just had to jump into it first before i go into the ones that i haven't played and i mean i know that a courtroom game doesn't sound like it would be cool um but i'm telling you it 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 feels like you're playing like in an anime law and order like it's <laughs> it is awesome yeah. you know um and uh yeah it, it's it's like one of those Kind of series which I know doesn't get a lot of like I guess mainstream attention, um, but is r- really really fun. Um, and uh, I, I think it's out on PC as well because I think I saw it come up, um, like a ad for it too. But 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 you playing it on I, Switch, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was also a Switch release of Cuphead, which I played all the way through and I'm playing I played through it again because I because again, I love platformers um and just it's one of those games where just seeing it makes me happy like (laughs) like i remember watching your
1: streams on xbox and i was like i can't handle watching you play it
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i i always catch some like off in the corner animation that they put in there that like probably no one would see i mean it's just so well crafted like it it's like, I just feel like I'm looking at somebody's like senior art project or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I just love all the little bits in there. Um, And yes, the game is hard and it's punishing, um, but it's just beautiful. I mean, it's still like one of the best presented games I think I've seen. I mean, it it is just great. Um, I think you have,
0: you have a unique perspective in being able to compare the Xbox version to the switch version. So what was your experience replaying it on switch? Um, I would assume the controls might be a problematic or was the presentation equivalent? What was your feeling?
2: No, I didn't really notice much of a difference to be honest. I mean, it, it looks, I mean, I didn't hold them up side by side. Right. Um, But they, I didn't notice really any changes. I mean, the frame rate was like rock solid. Um, And, you know, well, I'll say that the loading times on the switch can be a little long at times. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely noticed that for sure. Um, but I think in terms of the visuals, I think it looks similar enough to where it wasn't like a jarring kind of like difference. So it yeah. it wasn't like say playing you know Doom on the Switch or Wolfenstein on the Switch where it's yeah. like clearly clearly like very very different, right? Or and, Mortal Kombat Eleven, um, yeah, cough, ex- cough. exactly. Exactly. So, so so like I didn't notice like any muddy textures or pop in or like that kind of stuff that you do see in games like uh, Mortal Kombat. Um so like I didn't notice that. Um but did yeah, you it looks, played in handheld mode or on the on the, you know, docked. Uh I played Cuphead both. Mm. Um I I I uh, played it um docked because I wanted to show my uh, fiance um, but I did play a lot of it um in like a handheld mode. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's, like, a great port. Um, I'm hoping to see more uh, more Microsoft uh, stuff, uh, yeah. more things.
0: Sounds like we're going to get more of that. That's cool. Yeah. I, I'm all for it, too. A little uh, Oni in the Blind Forest, anybody? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: I, I, I saw a uh, story about somebody that got some Xbox emulator to run. Oh, real really? Switch. Yeah. Oh, wow. it, it, it didn't run well because the Xbox – Emulators are very kind of finicky, um, but this guy was playing Halo 1 on a Switch.
0: Crazy. So who knows? Maybe we'll get an official version of that sometime soon. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Microsoft to try to get, you know, Xbox Game Pass on Switch if they can make it happen.
2: If they can make money, they will do it.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> does sound right. Uh, awesome. Uh, Christian Spicer, I know you continue playing a bunch of retro games, right?
1: Yeah, the last, last night's stream, uh, playing get on my analog mega SG comic zone virtual racing and outrun. Um, comic zone is a game that I loved as a kid. You are, what's his name? Like sketch McAdams. It's just beautiful nineties. You're a comic book. Uh, I guess all everything artist, writer, everything. And the bad guy sends you into the pages of your own book. And you're jumping around on panels and there's, you know, word bubbles and all of those wonderful things and done, I think, really well for the 16 bit era. But he also has like round John Lennon style sunglasses, like a really long ponytail, like jorts, a jean jacket, fingerless gloves. Like it is, it is nineties. It's <laughs> real cool, real cool. Um, I still really like their presentation. I think it's really interesting and creative. The thing that I didn't remember from my youth playing it again now last night is it's, it's one life. Like it's, it's one life, one health bar. It's not the longest game in the world, or maybe you get extra lives later, I (laughs) wasn't making it very far. Um, But it was, it was in playing that, that I was like, okay, if I'm going to play this, I can play shadows die twice. If it means raising money, to help kids beat cancer like i can (laughs) i can do this it is punishing and really interesting the way the panels it's not quite streets of rage style brawling it's also not quite a strict fighter when you're in a panel battling um, some of the enemies but there are like i don't know I'd, i'd say it's almost like it's not a roguelike in the in the way that you live die repeat kind of thing but learning thing that you'd have no way of knowing ahead of time like uh you drop down a panel and there's fire down there that's just gonna hurt you uh, badly and you don't know it's there there's no way you know it's there maybe it's like Mega Man and and pattern recognition but then you look around the room the prior panel like oh i can break this thing open and, and drop this thing down and it will take out the fire so you're kind of learning as you're doing runs over and over and over again and then what i found fascinating uh thanks to twitch chat last night There, you could go into the jukebox uh, in settings where you can listen to the various songs in the game. And if you select songs in a certain order, you can then go select either song one through six, I think there's six levels, and it will warp you to the start of that level. So there aren't continues, there aren't passwords, but you have to enter this cheat code and then you can level select and I think that is something of a bygone era of like, yeah, totally. That was, it had to yeah. have been totally advertised somewhere at some point, right? Like, probably in Game Pro or whatever, maybe even in the instruction manual. But this world of like, we're not going to let you continue, but also, here's how you continue. <laughs> and games today just don't quite have that mix of like very, explicit and okay cheat code it's not like Fortnite's. like here's how you shoot through walls but don't do it (laughs) you know really interesting
0: i think that the advent of the internet really killed that right because what's the point of a cheat code when in four seconds everyone can know it
1: instantly you know what i mean well i think that cheat code is pretty well advertised it's like the blood code in mortal kombat right like that was released before the the point of it wasn't to hide it i don't know what the point maybe just I guess the internet does spread it faster instead of like your cousin's best friend who lives down the street who's visiting, yeah. you know, his mom's house for Thanksgiving or whatever. Um, or like
0: the uh, it's like the infinite money code in the Sims, you know, yeah. every every single person knows it. But it's yeah. just one half step of inconvenience to do it's it's they don't it's not that they don't want you to do it; it's that they, you actually have to do it. But right, it's
1: mean? like a button in the HUD that you click. Yeah, yeah, money. It's like Doom.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: you have to go just a little step extra to, to give yourself this this thing but we don't care that you do it just we're not going to give it to you, <laughs> you yeah
1: know? yeah yeah and then all i'll say about virtual racing is uh the genesis version is not the best <laughs> but i love it with my whole heart and outrun if you haven't played outrun or if you played it a long time ago i'd recommend picking up the um sega ages re-release of it yeah just listen to there that soundtrack go. it's a beautiful beautiful game and it's not trying to be a modern racer it 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 almost feels like more like you're strafing than turning, but just absolutely phenomenal, beautiful game that I think you could just have. I could have on a second screen at work, just seeing on loop. It, it stands the test of time.
2: Yeah, also OutRun is one of those games where I remember just being astonished that you could change the music at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I remember I had that game for my Sega Master System and my brother and I would just sit at that screen, just changing the music like for 10, 15 minutes before we even started playing the game. It was just amazing. It was like, you know, and like all three of the songs are so memorable. Like I, they're all in my head, like just so strongly. It's a great game. Yeah, they're it all really, classic.
0: It really is Uh, at, at a time when a lot of games weren't doing, you know, like production design, <laughs> you know, that, that game feels a style. It's got a style yeah. to it, you know? And, uh, the were, games weren't really doing that. They were trying to, you know, give, deliver something cool or have a, you know, communicate an idea of a specific thing. But that game was trying to give you an experience of, you know, driving in Los Angeles with the top down, baby. It was, uh, is an interesting thing. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool game.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I talked last week, uh, about, Blind buying SteamWorld Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh, and loving it, and being so impressed by what SteamWorld had been doing. And I had mentioned in that time uh the various SteamWorld games, and you know, my first one being SteamWorld Dig two and digging it and thinking it was really cool, and not having played SteamWorld Heist, which is the game that came between SteamWorld Dig and two. No, no, I guess I'm not really sure the order, but it came in there somewhere, and I missed. No, take, SteamWorld figure Heist. out
1: the order. Go ahead.
0: I think it's SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld Heist, SteamWorld Dig 2, then SteamWorld Quest. I think that's the order, but I could be wrong. Um, anywho, lo and behold, I get a text from friend of the show, Dan Trachtenberg, this week, who says, uh, Jeff,
1: Wait, listen to you talk about- Wait, big time Hollywood director?
0: Yeah, the same. <laughs> uh, director of the upcoming Uncharted movie. Uh, yeah, the- One um, of the
1: boys, you might say.
0: Yes, guy, director of The Boys and uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, he- had uh, noticed and texted me that SteamWorld Heist was on sale on the Nintendo eShop for six dollars, six dollars. So Ooh, I hesitated zero rest. zero seconds and purchased <laughs> it. Um, and I'm very glad I did this. Okay, SteamWorld as a as a as a franchise is now one of my favorite franchises. I am so impressed what they have done with with these games uh in fact the game that started it all for me SteamWorld world dig is now my least favorite it i still really like it but it is not even as good as steam world quest or SteamWorld heist and it's so cool it, it reminds me of like the pixel junk games where mm-hmm. it's this thematic link between them but the games themselves are really really different Steamworld Quest, as I mentioned last week, is a you know two D side scrolling card based role playing game uh, with turn based combat. Really, really cool. Steamworld Heist, if you're not aware, when I wasn't, is like if 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 XCOM and uh, that Double Fine game Headlander had huh. a baby. Yeah,
2: Headlander, sweet.
0: Yeah, it's like those games had a baby. Did you play uh, Steamworld Heist, Sharif?
2: I did. I did. Oh, did you love it? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I I do prefer Dig, um, but I do love how, as you said, all the games kind of are their own genre, pretty much, and they're yeah. all in the same world.
0: Yeah, it's it, it. They don't even have the same main characters. It's not like the main characters are now in the different genre. It's it's just carving out completely different parts of a shared universe, which is so neat. And it's all based around these robots, these steam you know steampunk aesthetic robots. I don't know why I had a hard time saying that
1: sentence. Really? <laughs> I was, was like, going to say something. First, I am going
0: to let you go. With the it. <laughs> first word didn't work. And then I was like, well, I got this. No problem. The next word will be fine. And then the next word also didn't work. <laughs> yeah. the the Let's go back to robots. You can do robots. Yeah. <laughs> steampunk aesthetic. Anyway. Um, so heist. Yes. 2D again. 2D side scrolling. The art styles are are similar as well. It's, it's like these um, almost paper puppet you know characters really pretty really beautiful art I love the art across all their games but um, this one is a turn-based Xcom game but done on a 2d plane like a, almost a Metroidvania style 2d plane and but it's, if you played a headlander it's very much that it's got sprawling levels and um, you know you can ricochet Bullets off of uh, things, and you can do these crazy, you know, ricochet shots with certain guns. Um, but anyway, you're you're assembling a team like you do in XCOM. You're going out on missions and built, you know, deciding what team members you're going to bring with you, loading them out with various weapons and and other items that can help them, and then you have to do these specific missions. And it's all turn based. It's all, but but almost like a platformer, but completely strategy xcom style turn-based combat. So you're, you know, lining up shots and taking them and telling each of you the members of your party where to go and what to do trying to collect loot. And it where, you know, Steam Steamworld Dig is this kind of uh, adorable uh Dig Dug style world where you're digging into the ground and you're talking to people on a planet. Uh Steamworld Quest is very much a role-playing game, very, you know, uh uh dungeons and and creatures and stuff like that this is a game that takes place in space you have a, a ship with a crew and you're flying from space station to space station or you know docking with other uh bad guys ships and boarding their ship and taking them out and taking their stuff and getting out so it's a really cool divergence of that world of that steam world world uh but the combat is super fun super. Uh, captivating for me. I mean, I love those games like XCOM. I love turn-based strategy stuff, but it's completely different because it's on a 2D plane. So you can still get behind cover and you can still destroy cover and you can still, you know, take your guys, all the members of your team in various different pathways, but you're climbing up and down ladders and you're going to different platforms. Uh, and flanking enemies that way instead of this top-down, traditional top-down view that you get from something like XCOM. So it's a cool twist on that formula as well. Yeah, I can't say enough good about what Image and Form Games has done. They've become one of my favorite developers. SteamWorld has become one of my favorite franchises. I'm so excited to see what happens next with this franchise, and I'm, I'm just super impressed. Awesome. Yeah. Did
2: you play Quest at all yet, uh, Sharif? I have not. I have not.
0: If you if you like any card based combat games, uh, I think you would really like it. I mean, Slay the Spire is a, a game that I adore, and this has DNA of that in it. And it, it's they just do such a good job with all of their their projects in the Steam World universe
2: yeah yeah Does doesn't it feel good to find a new like franchise to fall in love with like it's it doesn't happen a lot yeah and they feel a
0: little bit like underdogs too so it feels really good to get excited about them because i feel like more like this game is on sale for six dollars this is a absolute must buy at six bucks i don't know by the time you listen to this dear listener if it'll still be on sale for six dollars i hope so so you can snag it but even at 20 or whatever it is, the normal price, it is well worth buying. SteamWorld Quest, the same way, well worth buying. And great games on the Switch, particularly because both of them are turn-based, so easy to pick up and put down. You know, I, I tend to play my Switch when I'm out or doing other things where I would need to set it down quite frequently. And I love games that allow that and play right into that play style on Switch. Both of these games are that. It's great steamworld heist and steamworld quest hand of gilgamek all right uh let's thank our second sponsor now which is squarespace oh my goodness squarespace uh i have been talking about squarespace for more than a decade because i use squarespace i love squarespace i have my own website jeff on squarespace i recommend squarespace to all my friends and family for any reason that you need a website and let's face it at some point we all need a website uh you're gonna publish some content or a blog, maybe sell a product or promote a small business, uh, (laughs) announce an upcoming event or special project. So many reasons to have a website. It's often daunting the idea of learning HTML or hiring someone at a very extravagant cost to build a website for you. Forget all that. You don't need to do that. You can just build it yourself. It's easy with the tools of Squarespace. You just go to their site And start building. You don't even need to give them a credit card. When you start, you just start using their tools. They let you build your site and make it how you want before you give them a dime, which is great. And you start with a template that's made from world-class designers. They have these beautiful templates to start with. And then you can start customizing. Make it your own so it doesn't look like any other site on the web. It's so easy. You just drag and drop. It's what you see is what you get. It's all visual. It's easy. Uh, you can buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions at Squarespace. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. You have to worry about that. You never have to upgrade anything. That's all hap- That all happens for you in the background. Um, they have built-in search engine optimization, 24-7 award-winning customer support in case you run into any problems. It's all great. So make it yourself. Do it yourself. Create a website yourself. Uh, and we'll help because... You can head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me right now for your free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, just use the promo code Jeff sent me all one word J E F F S E N T M E. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and the promo code Jeff sent me, get yourself 10% off and make a website. Very, very cool. Very, very easy. Jess VR, VR maybe, but this time it's Christian's VR, because Christian is the one. Two things, not just one reason to get into the VR talk, two reasons. First of all, Christian, I understand you made a purchase this week.
1: Uh, That's just it. So first I made a sale. I, I packed up my Oculus Rift and I said, get out of here. Get out. I'm oh, done. Done with it. Wow. Sell that Rift. Get the heck out to make room for my quest. Hello, Oculus Quest. Get in here. I'm moving you in. Uh I know we joked, uh, was it last episode or two episodes ago, about like, if anyone at uh, Oculus is listening, I paid my own money. I I went to that website they yeah. have. Basically, said, what bye. we're
0: saying is everyone listening let us down hard, <laughs> hard. But Basically, what know. I'm saying
1: is, if you hear us talk about something that, like, hey, we're interested in, in the show, if you just wait a day, yeah, just we'll know we'll buy it. buy it. Yeah, I got <laughs> so, I got
0: zero help from Valve. Uh, oh. Nobody tried to b- bump me up the queue list. I'm still in <laughs> August, like a, like a, what's the point? uh for my for my valve index um i will reiterate if anyone knows anyone <laughs> I'll, i will buy it i'm not asking for free i'm asking just move me up in the queue i waited one day and everything sold out and i got pushed back two months
1: all i want but you full, know what you can do when you get your index you can change the date to be the day early day and you can virtually get it on release yeah I guess. So I bought an anyway, Oculus Quest. I'm very excited about Oculus it. You bought Oculus Quest! Yeah, yep. awesome. Uh, May 21st. I, I, it's weird. Even the way they describe it, it's like shipping on. Is that, Does that mean it's like you get it when you get it after they ship it? I don't know. I'm hoping it shows up on the 21st. Also, like, I haven't been able to find pricing for all the games yet. For a, a thing that's like very soon and getting really good reviews, I feel like there's still a couple of question marks. But I'll be figuring it out because mine's on its way. Or, you know, not, but whatever right Dude, i'm coming. so
0: excited for that vader game uh, yeah and you know and, what that's going to be it's it's got a t- timed window where it's only available on quest you well, can't play it on rift if only there were a uh, for- way
1: i could bring my quest to you yeah
0: yeah yeah. it's going to happen
1: Go on that quest
0: going on that quest
1: uh super hot the the changes they've made to super hot sound incredible I'll be very excited to get my third version of that game. And then the other VR news. Jeff, have you played Ghost Giant on PSVR? I haven't. You need to play Ghost Giant. Do you have PSVR?
2: I do not have PSVR.
1: Well, then you do not need to play Ghost Giant. It is incredible. It's weird to say, and I haven't uh, beat it, because that's why I talk about games. I beat them, Jeff, when I'm done with them. They're bloodied and bruised, and they're like, why do we even challenge you? And I'm like, for me to beat you. Um, <laughs> I have not completed it yet. Um, I think it's about five, six hours. And it seems weird that I've been in this loop with PSVR games where it's like Moss comes out, and it's like, this, this is the best, the best uh, I see you highlighting it in the doc. Don't read the plot stories, Jeff. I'm
0: not going to read the plot. I want to see... I don't even know it.
1: Um, Why don't I know it? Moss came out, and I'm like, this is the best PS- PSVR game. It justifies PSVR. Before that, it was Arkham. Before that, it was super hot. Then it was Moss. And then AstroBot came out and like was like, hey, Moss, you're good, but like <laughs> get out of here. Um, I don't think Ghost Giant quite gets out of here AstroBot, because they're a different genre. But Ghost Giant, it very much looks... You play a... Giant ghost. I'm going to be very light on on the the narrative of what I know in already. Ghost
0: giant. You play a giant ghost. Yes, giant I'm with ghost, you so far.
1: A giant ghost that only your little adorable. This you're in like a land that's like animals kind of live there. Um, you know, human esque animals, a giraffe, kitty cat, all this stuff. Uh, and this this kid cat sees you and is startled by you, and you're kind of interacting with them and parts of of its life. Uh, puzzles, um, light in terms of mechanics and how you're interacting with it. But to me, from what I've played so far, um, some light puzzles and interacting, but it's being in the world and the story, um, as you learn about this world and, and this character that is truly phenomenal. And it looks kind of like it has a tearaway, um, kind of aesthetic to it. And I this game,
2: When going to come out.
1: It's Zoink, I think, and it's relatively new. It's last month or the beginning of this month. Hmm. Um, oh, I gotta play <laughs> this. This looks rad. It, it's incredible. And uh, it, it's kind of diorama esque, like uh, Moss, where the levels feel very self contained, but also are so richly detailed that if you take time to turn your head around, it's just beautiful. This kind of paper craft esque aesthetic of something like Tearaway. Um, And then built into these vignettes and these self-contained models where you as a ghost, and I think much like Patrick Swayze's ghost, not everything can be interacted with. You're not, you know, you can't come and smash the whole town, but you can pick up the building or, or help uh, with some chores or do some puzzling, get some keys God, and stuff like I, that.
0: Any game that calls itself, this has to adhere to the Patrick Swayze ghost <laughs> rules.
1: <laughs> you got to learn first. You push a soda pop top, I think is how it works. Um, yeah. then you do uh, the clay work is incredible. I would be so mad if it didn't
0: <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> but it is, it is so well performed. Um, the characters in the world are so, um, Cute and well voice acted and the aesthetic and the story again haven't finished it, but it doesn't seem to pull punches. And I think the, um, the sense of presence that VR gives you makes it more compelling. Um, I anticipate tears. <laughs> this is what I'm anticipating with this game, with kind of how it's unfolding.
0: It. April 16th, it came out. So yeah, not too not too long ago, M- about a month. So I've had it on oh, my man.
1: Gamefly queue for a while, and it, and it showed I up. Didn't, I didn't know about this
0: game. I'm so excited. This is cool. Ghost Giant on yeah. PSVR.
1: It's two move controllers. It's the only way to play it. Um, and then the only knock I have against it so far, literally the only complaint I have about the game so far, is I've had a few instances of it's not the game it's move controllers they suck (laughs) yeah they gotta replace those man a few instances of them not like i know i solved it and i know i solved it because i didn't change what i was doing (laughs) and it worked but i i again having not finished it yet but i cannot recommend this game enough especially if you have a psvr and you're looking for something to play ghost giant is absolutely stunning
0: all i want is a new tracking solution for psvr new controllers and you know just the, the headset is fine. The headset's excellent. I just want better camera, better control. You mean stuff
1: that wasn't made for a PlayStation yes. 3 product? Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. It wasn't just retrofit on this new cool tech. Yeah. Anyway. But don't let um, that sway you.
1: Ghost Giant. PSVR 1 is still incredible it VR. You. <laughs> don't let Patrick hey, sway Z you. Don't let a Patrick sway you out of this
2: game. Um, I'll just hang out with, with my Rift that uh, Christian kicked
1: out. I needed <laughs> to
2: chill with my Rift. Well, I, I needed long.
1: I needed an excuse to get a uh, a quest and my gaming office is small. So I made VR work in it, but the appeal of being able to quest not where my gaming PC is was too strong. And so I, if I, I sold it on eBay, I got a very good price for it and it helped put me over the edge where it's like, now I have no excuse not to buy a quest. Whereas before my wife would be like, what's that? And I'd be like, nothing. And, you know, close my laptop. <laughs> Sold it as the
0: uh, DLC podcast, Christian Spicer's Oculus. Yes. Yeah, it was signed. Yeah. Limited edition. yeah. One. Yeah. One and only it was, it was, there was a bidding frenzy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't you miss being wrapped in wires though? Don't so you miss
1: I, honestly, I haven't even played. I mean, my quest isn't here yet, but in playing again, ghost giant play at it, PSVR, it's incredible. But as I was sitting down to play it, all I could think is, man, this is the last time I deal with this crap. Like I hated it. I hated <laughs> just the thought of these wires. It was gross. <laughs> wires. Uh yeah. you know what's
0: going to happen is the more you're going to start talking about the Quest and I'm going to buy one. And I <laughs> Well no, I no you're going to
1: you're going to buy one the day I bring it to work and you try it and you play Vader and you scream like a little kid and then you buy one. No, I should just buy it now and avoid all that. Right. But go buy ghost giant first. Seriously. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah. Ghost giant looks really, really good. It's cheaper than a quest and it will hold you over. (laughs) Uh,
0: Sharif, as long as you do not buy the Labo VR, because uh, don't do that to yourself, man. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, I don't think I will be uh, purchasing that. All right.
0: All right, uh, let's talk. I want to pick your brain a little bit about uh, being a DM. So let's uh, do a little tabletop time.
1: Time, time.
0: Right now, right now. Sharif, I have enjoyed uh, several episodes of your Rivals of Waterdeep stream where you are live playing Dungeons and Dragons and you are the dungeon master. So, um, dungeon master to dungeon master. I salute you, sir.
2: Yes. I salute you too, sir. <laughs> uh,
0: I have been very much enjoying it. A really fun group of people you've got. Um, and I, I have, you know, just started my own live stream. I've mentioned it several times on the show, uh, dungeon run. We just started doing uh, Wednesday nights on caffeine, caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. Um, but I am so curious, you've been doing it quite a while now i think you're you like 30 some odd episodes
2: yeah yeah uh, yeah R- rivals has been going since uh about a year basically because we debuted at the stream of many eyes uh, last year which is the big dungeons and dragons events that wizards of the coast put on last year um and when we'll be playing again at the descent uh this weekend so, That's awesome! so it'll be a year that we had our first our first game So So
0: what have you learned over that year in, in being the dungeon master and the one who is responsible for, you know, leading everybody through the story and referring the rules, all the, all the heavy lifting gets, you know, comes down to the, the DM. So what have you learned over that year? Was it your first time, uh, DMing when you started or had you been doing it for a while?
2: Uh, it was my first time DMing something, I think, um, like this long, I guess. Like I've done one shots. Um, I've done a lot of one shots, actually. Um, but so I guess the first thing is I haven't been the DM the entire time. Hmm. Um, one unique thing about our group is that we have a season that's 10 episodes and we switch DMs oh, every cool. 10 episodes. I wasn't aware. So of that. I've been the DM from episodes 20 to 30. Oh, wow. Um uh, so like I kind of, you know, I took the characters, you know, and sort of where the story ended. And I did a heavily homebrewed version of the, uh, dragon heist of the, uh, water deep, uh, of the dragon heist storyline. Um, but I can say w- what I've learned in those t- 10 episodes, which, you know, was like 20 hours of yeah. uh, playing, um, is, Number one, um, don't plan too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll throw away a lot of work. Unless yeah, you are Elder Scrolls,
1: then plan a lot and throw away all that work.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I'm, I, I mean, I definitely think there is some things you should plan for sure, like, like, like you should know your table well enough that you should have at least some ideas of who might be the aggressor, who might be the one that always tries to negotiate, and like definitely have some set things planned. For that, but don't try to like say, "All right, we're gonna play for uh, two hours. I'm gonna write two hours of story and guide mm-hmm. them this way," because it's just not gonna
1: happen. You, you know? walk into a bar at one fifteen p.m. You have five minutes to be here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I mean, they they will pick up on the NPC that you came up with five seconds ago. Johnny, move along. A-
1: has entered. <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah. And I turn that into a main character, you know. Um so th- that's probably the most important thing is to go with the flow and really keep in mind that this is cooperative storytelling. This is not the DM lecturing to the players. Like this is the whole group coming up with a collective story t- t- together. Um so you might have to adapt your story based on what th- what uh people do. You know, and and like you like I can't get too caught up in like, well, I spent time thinking of this thing and you have to follow it. You know, like every once in a while you might think that like something's cool, but this is all about people having fun. So if the players are are like having fun, you might have to let go of that super cool idea that you had. Yeah. um, And modify it.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, man. It is, it's sad when you you have to kill your darlings, you know, you've like got this co- such a cool idea of like, oh, I'm so certain that so-and-so is going to do this when they walk in that room and then they just don't at all. And you're like, but okay, all right, I guess we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> but it, you're right. It is, it is um, cooperative storytelling. And that's what makes it special is that, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. And even if, even if everybody thought they knew what what was going to happen, the dice have other ideas as well. You know, there's, there's randomness injected into it on purpose. And that's what makes it so interesting. Everything is an offer of some crazy new way things might go. uh, And that's what makes it so exhilarating and fun. That's why being a DM for as much work as it is, is also fun because you're constantly being surprised as well. Right.
2: For sure. Oh yeah, I am. I am like, I feel like when you watch a, you know, any kind of actual play game, even like Critical Role and obviously like, you know, Matt Mercer does a great job of coming up with these worlds, but you know, I'm sure even like he would like say, Hey, I had to like, just come up with, with, you know, you're you're, like kind of building the, what's it, building the tracks as the train is going kind of.
0: Oh yeah. And Um, scrambling to build those tracks. Yeah, but,
2: but, but it's so much fun. Yeah, it like really it's is. addicting. It is super addicting. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that that like I learned is to, um, I guess be aware of people's comfort levels. Um, I know that a uh, really good like suggestion that I hear is to have a session zero where you kind of talk about you know um not not only like rolling stats and like a uh, planning out your like your your characters but. Also, talk about like you know what people might not want to do. Yeah, you know, um, because like uh, y- you like don't want somebody to get into a uncomfortable kind of situation if like if like it like involves a a, a relationship that that they might not want or like a sort of a uh, plot line that like might might be too violent or or like or like a something you know. Yeah. So like, um, make sure that you talk about that ahead of time um and like try to have a way for like a people to sort of give you the message if it's veering on to something that they don't feel comfortable comfortable with i know that there's like a, some people that have like an x card where if you like display that then the dm has to just move on to like a something else so um try to have some kind of like a, of of a system um you know to Make sure that everybody is like having fun, basically.
0: Yeah, um, I, I've DM'd from a, for a few different groups, and it's interesting. Um, newer players who often come from video games, uh, I find to be the ones that it's hardest to break out of a sort of preconceived notion of what the experience is supposed to be like. You know, they we are conditioned as video gamers to have the game dictate to us what it wants of us and us just sort of try to please it. You know, Uh, I tell me the quest, tell me how many bear pelts to kill uh, and I'll, you know, deliver to you and I will do it. Um, You know, what, what what does the game want from me? What can I open that door? No. Okay. That's not, that's not the door I move on. And it's, I find it uh, interesting that, To try to break video gamers out of that mindset and go, you can do anything. I'm here to facilitate your imagination. How many
1: pelts, though, Jeff? I don't care what else I can do. How (laughs) many pelts? Yeah, I can do anything but get you to answer this question about how many (laughs) pelts I need to give you. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it, it feels... Like often, video gamers are just just want the game to tell them what to do, and then they'll go do it. They'll they'll have fun doing it. And you know, what what do I need to kill? Tell me what I need to kill. I'll go kill it. Um, whereas, what's the the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons and any tabletop role playing game, as you said, is is shared storytelling, is improvised storytelling, and that story can be anything. It can be whatever you make of it. And just because you're presented with a situation that looks a certain way, you don't have to approach it the way the situation seems to dictate. You can do whatever you want. And that freedom, once you wrap your mind around it and your imagination around it is everything. It's really, what is the fun about that process? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I I, I mean, I've made new friends through this. I, I mean, I've, I've gotten closer to people that I've already known, you know? Awesome. Um, and I, I agree that like video gamers, you know, we do tend to want to say, how do I beat this? Or like, what's the most efficient way to like handle this, you know? And you can't beat D and (laughs) D. Right. And that's not the point, right? The point is not to win.
0: The point is to experience something together.
2: Yeah. 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 It, it, it like really is like a moving thing. Like, like we've definitely had times where we've played, where we've laughed, where we've cried, where we've like, Undergo all kinds of emotion based on this thing, magical thing that we created like together. Like it really is like an amazing, just amazing experience. That I wish I had gotten into sooner. To be honest, Because yeah. it, it really is amazing.
0: That's cool. Well, I feel like we're in the golden age of Dungeons and Dragons right now, and a lot of people are trying it that never would have before, and uh, maybe didn't weren't exposed to it at a younger age or whatever. Uh, and it's just wonderful to see it exploding. And I think part of the discussion that we're having now, what I hope people take away from it is that you can do it. Anybody can do it. You really can. It's, it's fun to watch other people do it. And I hope a lot of people watch our streams, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think it is an a, approachable, uh, manageable system, uh, especially fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. It's very easy. And, um, it shouldn't be intimidating. It is a fun process. If you can cobble together enough people to sit down with you on a regular basis, you should try it. It's great.
2: For sure. All right,
0: Um, we're going to find out how people can watch that stuff very shortly, but I do want to thank our final sponsor, which is Linode. Linode is a hosting company offering high-performance Linux servers for all of your infrastructure needs. Linode has it all, lightning-quick servers in the cloud, a super-fast 200 Gbps network in all data centers, automated backups, node balancers, managed servers, native SSD storage, Intel E5 processors, guides with step-by-step instructions, a simple but powerful control panel, 99.9% uptime, 24-7 support experts, and all the tools you need to get the job done right the first time. And now Linode offers two gigabytes of RAM for just 10 bucks a month. Over 400,000 customers trust the Linode platform, including all of 5x5. 5x5's infrastructure is happily Hosted on Linode. And getting started is easy. You just pick a plan, choose your favorite Linux distro, and pick from one of eight data centers in America, Europe, and Asia. You can support this show and get a $20 Linode credit on a new account by visiting promo.linode.com slash DLC. That's promo, P-R-O-M-O dot Linode, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash D-L-C. Simple, powerful, reliable linode.com. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have our parting gifts coming up. So stick around for that. But Sharif Jackson, thank you so much for being here, sir. It's been so fun talking to you.
2: Absolutely. Always love to be here. Jeff and Christian, thank you. Thank you all so much.
0: Of course, man. We love having you. Uh, Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the things you do online.
2: Sure. Uh, so if you go to SharifJackson.com, S-H-A-R-E-E-F, Jackson.com, uh, that is my personal website. Um, there's a My Projects link on the top, and that will link you to the Spawn On Me video game podcast, which I do with Khalif Adams and Cicero Holmes, um, which is at SpawnOn.me and Spawn on Twitter. Um, if you want to catch my Rivals of Waterdeep stuff, uh, that is at twitch.tv slash dnd. Um and we um haven't announced uh when our next season will be, but that will be coming up soon, and we will be uh, playing at the D and D Live event, the the Descent in L.A. this upcoming weekend, May seventeenth to May twentieth. Um, and you can also catch me on uh, Twitter at Sharif Jackson. And I'm basically Sharif Jackson on all social networks. So S H A R E E F Jackson.com.
0: Very cool. Christian Spicer. How about you? What do you got going on this week?
1: Well, believe it or not, I'm raising money for St. Jude I'm trying to help them beat childhood cancer and take care of the families as they, um, deal with taking care of their kids. You can find a link for it at christianspicer.com. It's right there at the top. All of your donations go to St. Jude. Um, Check with your uh, CPA, tax advisor, et cetera. But um, in the U.S., generally speaking, tax deductible. Uh, It's not like the processor gets 5% and I'm taking 10%. No, it goes to St. Jude and it helps these kids beat childhood cancer. Um, We are so close. So if we hit 6,000 before May 25th, to my next uh big stream in support of them aside from these shows um i will play sekiro shadows die twice i, I and i'm I really play it i not like here's 3 hours okay hour one starts now no I'm, you know give it a shot i hear people saying you want us to play it this seems like a fun way to do it so go to christopher.com click on the link there donate to st jude help kids beat cancer and thank you so much to everybody who's already contributed and donated it it really means the world to me um seeing what our community's done it's incredible uh other than that twitter at spicer is the best way to keep in touch with things here and there that i have going on jeff what about you
0: and thank you of course to the golden state warriors for securing even more of a donation
1: <laughs> dude I, I yes like i either way there would have been more but i i feel yeah, i'm writing steve kerr a letter <laughs>
0: Uh, I am on Twitter as well at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. You can always send us an email here at the show. If you have any comments or questions, we love hearing from you at DLCfeedback at gmail.com. And I hope you check out, uh, my Dungeons and Dragons show Dungeon Run, which is now available as an audio podcast, wherever you get podcasts, you can find the Dungeon Run just by searching for it. It is also available on YouTube. The first three episodes are up. Uh, really fun stuff. I'm really, really proud of the show and I love doing it. So I hope people watch it so that we can keep doing it. Um, it, It's uh, the dungeon run. It's on caffeine.tv and it has a really unique live interactive element where if you watch the stream live Wednesday nights at 6 PM Pacific time, you can affect the story. It's a really kind of wild notion that we're trying other people have done it but we're doing it in a very different way i think you'll find there's also an animatronic mind flayer so come for that uh, you can find that wednesday nights uh at uh, caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run i also do the slash film cast, which is about movies and video game or <laughs> movies and tv shows um so you can find that at slash filmcast.com we're talking about pokemon or uh, detective detective pikachu pokemon detective pikachu this week
2: uh, which, does anybody else seen that? Sharif, have you seen I, that? I did see it. What did you think? I really enjoyed it, even despite that I was with a, uh, the front two rows were like a birthday party. Oh, no. Of very young kids that were very loud. Oh, boy. Uh, but my fiance and I enjoyed it. We, we liked it. It oh. was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is some Pokemon fan service. Woo!
2: Yeah, that um, was
0: fun. Yeah. Um, so you can find that at filmcast.com. Let's uh, wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a
1: suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift.
0: Sharif, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week?
2: Yeah, my suggestion is Of Mike's and Men, which is a recent uh, four-part documentary on the Wu-Tang Clan nice. um, on the 25th anniversary of uh, their first album, Enter the 36 Chambers. Um, this is on Showtime, um, and it is phenomenal. Um, one of the best hip-hop documentaries I think I've ever seen. Um, and there have been some good ones as of late, but this one is really, really good. I think it gives due... Um, You know, this huge group of uh, people from different neighborhoods, different backgrounds, um, you know, like the kind of people that if you looked at them, you know, especially at, at that time in the country, people would think that they would just be doing bad stuff and be in jail and then like all that and not contribute anything to the society. and And that's one thing I love about. Hip hop is, you know, it, it uh, brings people that people would normally think are just doing nothing. And it brings a beautiful thing that they can contribute to the world and to popular culture. So would highly, highly suggest of Mikes and Men on Showtime. Very cool. I definitely want to check that out.
0: Christian Spicer. How about you? Parting gift.
1: Yes, the Get Up Kids have a new album out, Problems. And oh my goodness, is it fantastic. I think it came out on the 10th. Um who, it's good. I wasn't a huge fan of their last full length, which I think is maybe 5 years old now at this point. Like it was fine, but I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be on repeat in my car for a year. Uh Problems is that. It is it, it feels like, I don't want to say classic Get Up Kids, because I think that's a disservice to it. Um, it's not just a guilt show or four minute mile done again, but it it it, it has that same feeling as those older albums. Um, but they've, they've learned and grown because those albums are what 20 years old now, something like that, 15 years old. Um, it's, it's really great. And if you like that second wave emo or whatever the get up kids was um, or are check it out, the get up kids, their new album is called problems and it's available now.
0: We have a listener suggested parting gift. This comes from Anthony, I say, I say, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Probably not. Uh, from Auburn, Washington, Anthony writes into DLC feedback at gmail.com. Uh, I feel like with the overlap of anime lovers and video game lovers, I'm surprised there hasn't been much listener suggestions of anime. So here's one. Watch my hero academia. It's basically like many other popular shonen anime, like Naruto, Bleach, or One Piece, where you watch the protagonist grow more powerful. However, they do away with all the ridiculous stuff that anime folks have come to expect. There's only one lecherous character, and the other characters shut him down. No one is able to blow up the entire planet. They don't spend several episodes staring at the bad guy while powering up, and the story is genuinely endearing. They are a group of high school kids trying their best to become heroes. Learning why they want to be heroes and what it means to be a hero is the prime goal of the show. The fights are nice and well choreographed, but I'd still love the show without them. Three seasons are on Hulu right now, with the next one coming in October, I believe. My Hero Academia is the best current anime, in my opinion. Cool. Thank you, Anthony. Sounds very ge- very good. My Hero Academia on hulu if you want to send in a parting gift to be read right on the show dlcfeedback at gmail.com mine is uh, is another documentary one i'm sure many of you already are aware of and probably many of you have also watched if there's a chance that you have not watched the god of war documentary raising kratos which is available on youtube it is excellent it is really good you feel like uh, the behind the scenes fly on the wall stuff of all the lead up, what it took to bring the rebooted God of war to us last year. Uh, It's an amazing look inside that process, the ups and downs, the turmoil, lots of great Corey Barlog stuff. He just seems like the coolest dude. I I just like, I like that guy. And it seems like such a personal game for him about basically his experience as a father. You get a window into that. What, the genesis of that was um, even some look at back at previous God of War games. It is really good. Two hours chock full of juicy, interesting stuff. Check it out. Raising Kratos is on YouTube now. Very good. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of D L C. Thanks again to Sharif Jackson and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with us in real time. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the great bumpers, including the the E three bumper coming out coming out that uh, the the hype train coming out of that tunnel for the first time this year. Lots more of that coming around. And thank you to you for listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Until then,
2: think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.